0: So we're we're doing the watch party selection code uh, tonight. And, uh, you know, you've been working against uh, the Dominion voting systems down there in New Mexico and uh, wanted to get a little update from you of where you're at and uh, why it's so important for people to kind of show up in mass tomorrow.
1: Well, can we first, can we go back for one just second? Yeah, go ahead. Because, I mean, we know who you are because we've been in similar circles and all that kind of stuff. But people like my mom that's going to be watching this, can you give us a little history, brief history background of, of you know, your credibility?
2: <laughs> well, uh, don't Google my name or there's zero <laughs> credibility. Um, what I'll say is that I'm a, I am was a, a former longtime prosecutor mm-hmm. and uh, was able to get... Uh, be a part of trial teams that secured eight first-degree murder convictions. I helped take down a drug trafficking organization. And um, I think most people were introduced to me at the cyber symposium over a year ago, where I did this thing called the vote trafficking parable. So before there was 2,000 mules, um, what I observed going on across the country was very, very similar to drug trafficking. Just substitute drugs for votes or ballots, and it all made sense. So, I know a lot of folks saw that. And then I transitioned over to being a law professor. And I enjoyed that for about three years. And um, after calling out my university president uh, for um, falsely accusing more than half of the country of being insurrectionists uh, related to January 6th, um, I basically thought that that was going to be a resignation video. Um, basically, I just put it out there. I didn't want to work at the university if, if half of my students were going to be called racist right. insurrections. That video um, became viral, got, got me on Tucker Carlson's show, and then um, next thing you know, um, I was introduced to the wider world of, of patriots that I wasn't connected to mm-hmm. um, in part because of something w- that I said in that video, which was I had at the time researched all of the cases, the lawsuits. And at the time it was about 56. Wow. And everyone was saying, there's no fraud, there's no evidence of fraud. And I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, I just checked the court logs. Yeah, You haven't scheduled an evidentiary hearing in virtually any of these cases. How can you make that determination? And from that, I've kind of just been um, someone that went from commenting and interviewing people to um, actually overseeing an o- actual audit in New Mexico. Wow. Uh, so that's the background.
1: Nice. <laughs> Thank you. And, and, and
0: so, so what's the update in, in, in New Mexico, uh, what, what just uh, kind of in a nutshell?
2: Oh, geez. Well, I'll try my best. It's a knife fight. It's an absolute knife fight. Um, we were one of the few counties in the country to get a full commissioned audit where we had a commissioned canvas, and county commissioners in Otero County said, yes, uh, we've seen enough. We want you to investigate it. And we put together a wonderful team. And from the outset, we were attacked at every level. Um, mm. We had a wonderful canvassing operation. And so what do you do when there's no evidence of hijinks on the part of Patriots, you create it. And so there was a political operative that um, put out a TikTok video that was selectively edited and fabricated an encounter with our canvassers that never happened. And based on that TikTok video, um, the Daily Beast wrote an article saying that we're intimidating voters. Never happened. Wow. Well, based on the Daily Beast article, Congress and their oversight committee got involved and tried to shut down our audit. So, you know, the U.S. Congress tried to shut mm-hmm. down our little audit. So, um, we had really, really well known prime contractor by the name of um, Dr. Shiva. Mm-hmm. A law firm was deployed. Um, basically, communications were subpoenaed. And we basically tried to fight off the machine as best we could. And um, we eventually got results that showed that there was a 40% error rate or a 40% discrepancy between the official voter records and what we heard at the door. Mm -hmm. Um, We were also one of the um, uh, auditors that found that Otero County, whether it was the clerk or Dominion, wiped the entire 2020 project file, which was very similar to the Mesa County stuff, which was reported on in your documentary. Same thing happened. We were able to confirm that. Uh, We were able to break, make, make breakthrough reports that the tabulators were in fact printers that could print on your uh, ovals and, and fill them out and make it look like it was by a machine. Now, to my understanding
1: with, with the printer uh, stuff that's being talked about right now, because that was new information to us this last year as well. Um, Matt and I had a severely disabled son for almost 21 years, and, and he, he's in heaven now. But um, when he turned 18 years old, they said that he had the right to vote. Now, he um, was nonverbal, and he had no communications ability. And so that would literally be me voting twice, Right. Because I I was his advocate. And so they said with these printers, that what they were doing is that, that people that were disabled so that they could keep their vote, you know, anonymous anonymous that they would um, they could check whatever box but then they would um, print the, the the check mark on there for them so that nobody would know the difference of oh that was a disabled person and, that, and they couldn't be labeled you know and that disability. was
0: how they and sold it and that's
1: how they sold it and I think these are the things is you know just like they' saying that you guys are intimidating voters and stuff they spin this stuff because if you don't allow the printing to happen then you're you're suppressing the the disabled's right to vote. And I mean, this is such garbage, the way they spin all of this stuff. And so how do we combat, you know, those narratives, those false narratives that they're, they're you know, with the knife fight that you're saying is, is they're full on lying to people and we're just trying to get the truth out there.
2: Well, I, I think it's, it's laughable that somehow we think that people that are visually impaired have self-esteem issues. I mean, if they need assistance <laughs> to come in and they're going to have to have someone actually help walk them through the visual right. display and all those things. And all of a sudden, of all the things they're going to be offended over is whether or not a machine-filled-out ballot uh, has the the, the, the deceptive, uh, we'll call it a uh, mirage, right. of a visually impaired person having filled out the ballot when, in fact, they didn't. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're upset about. So, I mean, there's a way to basically uh, assist people that are visually impaired. They're going to need some assistance, whether it's technological or someone that's there on site. Yeah. So why not just have the person on site,
1: yeah. um,
2: you know, do audible prompts on how do you want this filled out and have an, an another official that that verifies that the person that's filling out the Oval does so. But to, to, to create this fiction that somehow no one's going to have any idea of how the visually impaired person is going to either mark a screen or have someone else mark the screen for them.
1: Right, it's just
2: that it's it's a fiction.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, the problem is the amount of vulnerability that's introduced into the system by having the equivalent of like a Microsoft Windows font selection. Right. Because you're just like you can pick over a hundred different fonts on uh you know on a Word document, you've got a variety of of human like ballot ovals that look imperfect uh, up mm-hmm. to like a thousand. Mm-hmm. So, um, the reason why they're doing that is because. When you want to do a post-election audit, uh, your request normally is you want to have access to the physical ballots. Mm -hmm. And usually what's happening is that the election workers are saying, before we go to all the trouble to give you physical ballots, we're going to give you ballot images. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, here's the problem. If you've got a ballot, let's say, that um, was filled out both by human and by machine, that would raise major red flags mm-hmm. right because there's no legal reason why you would have a ballot that was filled out by human and by machine meaning right. you likely had empty ovals and the machine filled out the the empties yeah. well Aaron and I in our audit in Doniana County found a ballot that did just that that was filled out both by hand and both and by machine. No legal reason for this. Now, yeah. if we were left with the ballot image alone, we probably would have never detected that. See, we actually had our hands on the physical ballot. Wow. And when people use hmm. a ballpoint pen, there's, it leaves a depressive, you could feel it. So when you have the physical ballots, there's no doubt. It's like, wow, this one, you can see the line markings. So yep. you can see the depressive effect. So we've been telling people to use a blue ballpoint pen. Because when you do the image, one, it would be helpful if you've got, um, you know, disparate markings that you could easily identify blue versus black and use a ballpoint pen because what they're giving you uh, per the orders of dominion. Yeah. per the orders of ESNS is a black felt tip pen yeah which does not leave a depressive mark. So uh. these people are so um, knowledgeable about how they want to screw you out of your vote that they will get they will li- literally give you instructions to cover up their trail right And um, so that's that's one of the reasons why is that the black ink in the tabulators that have the printers it's, it's black, it's not blue. so it's another detective measure yeah. that helps auditors that actually want to get to the bottom of this. Um, have accountability in the elections
0: so uh so going into tomorrow we got to um, have to cut this short so we can get you know back to the to the movie but uh uh, going into tomorrow what are what should be people be looking out for what can they do uh right now because we haven't been able to get rid of the machines we still you know in many places are voting on machines um what's the best practice
2: well, we're telling people to vote in person on Election Day. And Now that we're there, it's kind of a non-issue as far as yeah. early voting. But the reason why we're doing that is not to sit, suggest that that will defeat the machines because it won't. This is not a long-term strategy. But what it does is it it, it makes the cracks that are within the system more readily visible. Mm-hmm. We want to make the cracks as as large and observable by by truth seekers and truth tellers as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we want to see the same phenomena that we saw in 2020 in those swing states where everything's shut down, right? I mean, you're not, you're, nec- you're not necessarily going to overwhelm an algorithm. And what I try to tell people, and, and this is a very, very fine line to walk because it sounds like I'm telling you to not vote and that's not it, is that we have to reclaim what a vote is. right? And a vote is your voice. And something happens to your voice when they interface with these machines. They get chopped up. They get oscillated. Yeah. So what we're telling people is that, look, you're submitting something that, that is akin to a manipulated data point. And what you want to do is make it very, very difficult for the machine the machine providers, vendors, mm-hmm. uh, to solve their math problem. You are a math problem. Mm. And the more information that they have early, it's easier for them to smooth out all of the data and make it look like there's nothing wrong. Yeah. And by waiting till election day, preferably even later in the day, all of this information is coming in. Real time. Yeah. Well, the, the problem with that is that we believe that on the tabulators themselves, in many jurisdictions, there's election files that have been subverted. Mm-hmm. And if you subvert the election file on the tabulator, you don't even necessarily have to have remote access or internet capability. If your if your cheat is built into the file itself right. that's on the tabulator, you can turn that election vice to a selection device per selection code movie, mm-hmm. and and I think what's what's going on is if you wait with all of the data that we're giving as voters, they're they're basically in a break in case of emergency scenario. We're like, oh crap! Now we do have to remotely access the tabulators. Yeah. We have to now fine tune mm-hmm. our chip, and I think that's what we accounted for on election night in. Um, in 2020, where you saw those huge spikes mm-hmm. on those yeah. graphs, uh, but that, that was too visible for for even the normie said, that doesn't look right. 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 So we're trying to replicate that. Um, and we're also increasing the likelihood that if you wait later in the day, that these Dominion machine vendors are going to get greedy and they're going to start casting votes for people that hadn't shown up yet. Mm. Yeah. And so when that happens, what do you do? We're telling people to pull out your phone. And document the crime scene, because oh, you're a good. victim of identity theft. Yep. And they'll tell you you got to put it away. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. You're the victim of identity identity theft, and and the perpetrator is is Dominion or Esns. It's mm-hmm. the vendor. And how how do we how do we um, articulate this? On the outside of these machines, you actually have the Dominion logo,
3: mm-hmm. or
2: the Esns vendor logo. And people need to keep in mind that um, as a former prosecutor. A corporation is a legal person. You can prosecute mm-hmm. yes, a legal person. Yes. And so if you want to know who, who the who done it, that machine obviously cast a vote for you when you didn't. Yeah. So you've got enough evidence from a probable cause standpoint to call the sheriff saying, Look, there's your defendant. It's Dominion. It's ESNS. I'm going to fill out a for- a sworn statement. I'm not going to go away. And we want to increase the visibility of just how vulnerable these machines are by having people contact law enforcement so that's that's another tool to tuck away for tomorrow
0: awesome awesome, awesome. thank you so much for taking the time dave yeah. uh for you know, pulling it in and, and joining us tonight um we're excited people can follow you follow you on truth at uh the professor professor
2: david clements right at professor david clements on truth social yes sir nice. awesome awesome all right well thank you sir
1: Yep. have a happy right. thanksgiving
0: okay Did, did you know that my pillow actually has way more than just pillows? I mean, of course, they have pillows, but they also have blankets, slippers, towels, travel pillows, dog blankets, mattresses, sheets, and even more pillows. So, to check out all of the things that they have over there, go to spiropillow.com and you'll get 66% off of your order today. But make sure that you use the promo code SPIRO.
3: So with all of this, Matthew and Joy. We've got problems globally. We've got this crisis. It's imploding. We've got stock market that's absolutely imploding. That's all red. Right. It's like it's just if you looked at it down arrows, you know, green going up, red going down like the Dow Jones Industrial Average S&P 500 last Thursday, it was like 90 percent red. And so I'm looking at some of these charts.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: I'm thinking poor poor Americans are thinking, I had a diversified portfolio, right, right. And, and so this is this is a key that I want everybody to hear. Diversification does not mean safety, right, you could have had one share in each of the 500 S&P 500 stocks, you could have had one share in each of the 30 Dow Jones industrial average. And if 80% of them go down at the same time, what good did your diversification yeah. do? You? Right? Well, it and- didn't do you any good at all.
1: And so some of the questions that I was asked this last weekend, you know, because people have been watching, they've been seeing what we're talking about. Um, There was somebody said, I heard that you can only take 10% of your IRA and and put it into gold and silver or um, maybe maximum of 20%. So are some of the IRAs able to roll over? Are all of them able to roll over? How do people do that?
3: Any any IRA can roll over. So you can do the whole thing. You can do 100% of it. If it's an IRA... So if it's a traditional IRA, it goes to a traditional IRA. If it's a Roth, it goes to a Roth, right? Okay. But you can, in a rollover, you can do a hundred percent. Just like if we're going from Fidelity Investments over to Schwab, you roll over a hundred percent of it. Yep. It, it just rolls over, right? So so behind that question, it might be the type of investment that they have. Okay. Maybe they have annuity in there, yeah, inside there. and, and you, you can only do a 10% withdrawal per year out of the annuity without penalty. OK, here's the thing. if that were the case, you know, everybody's different. You can't make a blanket statement generally. But yeah, but overall, you have to look at what are you going into, right? Yeah. So it's it's what are you getting out of and what are you going into? Well, if silver over the last six weeks has gone up almost 20 percent and you had a 10 percent penalty for withdrawing from your yeah. new earlier. Well, so so get rid of it. Yeah, Who cares right. if the penalty you just made it up plus double in the last 6 weeks. So this is where a lot of times people don't do the right thing because they see they have a surrender charge or a penalty. Yeah. Or they have to pay a capital gains tax. It's like a, the, a capital gains tax actually means good. I don't don't get me wrong, I hate paying taxes. I I don't like them, right? But we all have to do it. Yeah. But the fact that you pay a capital gains tax means you've done well yeah. and you had growth. This which is, is why problem. you have to pay. Yeah. yeah. So, our goal as wise and prudent investors is to do what? Buy low and sell high. Yeah. So, of course, when you sell high, you've, you've done what an investor is supposed to do. Of course, you're going to have to pay a tax. The goal is not to let it come down to minimize the tax. The yeah. goal is to lock in, to maximize your profit. Right. right. So, so, don't ever let a penalty or a surrender charge or a tax. Cause you to not act because you don't want to pay it. I would just. It, but if you're going into cash, <laughs> it gets you zero. It's like, yeah. oh man, my pound is ten percent. I'm going into cash. It's get zero. It would take you forever and a day right. to recover from that. Right. But if something that you're going into is growing faster than what the tax rate was, it's like, okay, this makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. To, to buy low, sell high, keep doing that, and locking in profits. That's how you grow your portfolio over time.
1: Yeah. And so right now, other nations are watching what's happening with the U.S. dollar. And BRICS just added an extra S recently. Why are they adding yeah. that? Why are they deciding to you know join forces and everything? And what are they doing uh, uh, with the U.S. dollar? And how are they backing their countries?
3: Well, the, BRICS's are, the BRICS are, you know, when they add Saudi Arabia, for yeah. example. so So Saudi Arabia did what with China? They said, hey, China, um, you're going to be our biggest buying partner, right? It's no longer the US dollar. You're going to be our biggest buying partner and you don't have to pay for it in petrodollars. You don't have to pay for the oil from us mm-hmm. in, in US dollars. In fact, we don't want them, right? So, wow. so prior to that, you know, the in, in the 1970s, the petrodollar meant that every single country around the globe, whether it was China buying something from Brazil or India buying something from Iran or whatever, right? It's meant that if it were oil based, they're buying oil or it was done in U S dollars. That's a petrodollar. Yeah. Well, that gave us built in demand for our currency. So what, what's happening now with the BRICS nations, it's it's kind of um, scary in a sense. I don't operate out of here, but you look at what they're doing. Largest manufacturer in the world, Huge military with nuclear capability and now they're they're vying for the world's economic superpower yeah. right, with these brick consortiums of nations. They got out of the Western financial system by getting out of the um SWIFT program. Mm-hmm. They're they basically have gold backing on their currency. They're dumping US treasuries, dumping Japanese treasuries, dumping European treasuries in economic warfare like one on one. I mean, So when you look at all that, it's like, oh, my word, they're making a play to be the world's strongest economy, uh, you know, collectively with the BRICS nations. And I hate to say it, but they're doing a really good job at it.
1: Yeah. Mm. Right.
3: The West is losing.
1: I'm watching this. And like you said, we don't do anything out of fear. And, you know, it's always how you handle bad situations. It really is how you walk through it, how you get to the other side of everything. And so investing in gold and silver will, will be the best investment getting through this next phase and will help protect our friends and our family. Is that correct?
3: A hundred percent. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I believe. And, and it's a function of math, right? When, when I was just looking actually this morning as, as you know, as I was doing some other shows and I was looking to do some research and you know what, there's, there's paper, silver, and there's physical silver, mm-hmm. paper, silver is a contract. That's what's manipulated right now. As we do this show, there's over 400 basically ounces of yeah. paper silver for every one ounce of physical silver. Oh, wow. that means in the future, if they were to ever to try to deliver in more than, what one out of every four hundred ounces wanted delivery? It's not there. Yeah. See, they've been too many short contracts. This is ripe for a short squeeze. When you've got that kind of leverage, it will cause silver to go through the roof. When people all they do is say, "I want physical delivery of these paper contracts." Yeah. It's four hundred yeah. to one. A year ago, it was the last time I looked at that number. It was two hundred to one. So we've doubled. Yeah in one year, this, this leverage, and that will create a meltdown of epic proportions Mm -hmm. as people on the flip side of those contracts say, I don't want to settle in cash. I want to deliver physical stuff. And then whoever has the contract says, uh, we weren't expecting you to want physical delivery, but we thought you would settle in cash. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's this short squeeze works
0: they kind of pull pull a saudi arabia
3: we're like yeah we don't want the dollar anymore no right i mean that's exactly what's happening so when you see these kind of fundamental dynamics driving the prices upward we as wise and prudent investors can actually look at that and smile and say okay our, our freedoms are eroding right you know the election may have or may not have gone our way but you know what that's the collective voice of America saying something that mm-hmm. with when it comes to our freedoms or our choices like that. But when it comes to our financial choices, that's just individual. That's just us yeah. making a decision, deciding to act. You don't have to rely on anybody else. And this is where I would encourage everybody watching this show yeah. to when you see the fundamentals that are this strong, low supply, high demand, leverage out the wazoo on silver yeah. with all these paper contracts, and you know what? Prices have to go through the roof, and we're seeing it right now. These prices that we're seeing, this massive growth. I mean, who's who's going to complain about a twenty percent growth in a year on anything? Probably not many people. <laughs> well, what about in six weeks? <laughs> right. That's what we've seen with silver, right? And so, I would encourage people to to minimize your risk and maximize your return, you get into the thing that's growing as soon as you can and you get out of something that's shrinking as fast as you can stock markets poised for massive correction with mm-hmm. these rising rates. Um, bond market is real estate already is yeah. like we talked about early lost $1. $1.5 trillion of equity. Yeah, over the last since May, it's like, Oh, my word. So gobble up silver, take advantage of these markets and these trends so they don't take advantage of you.
0: We, we just so appreciate you and everything that you're doing. Yeah. Um, so many people have uh, either said, oh, I've already talked to Kirk or um, I'm going to, I've scheduled an team. appointment with his team. And so uh, if you want to uh, talk to Dr. Kirk's team, Uh, about your financial situation and how gold and silver might be the best option for you, Mm -hmm. go to SpiroGold.com or you can call or text 720-605-3900 to get an appointment today.